Welcome to The Microscopists, a bite-sized bio podcast, hosted by Peter O'Toole, sponsored by Zeiss Microscopy. Today on The Microscopists. Today on The Microscopists, I'm lucky to be joined by Holly L. Aaron, Director of the CRL Molecular Imaging Center at the University of California, Berkeley. And we discuss what excites her about her job. Say it's hard to give up microscopy. I I love it. I love the community. I love um, I love the technology. I love all the different types of science that it touches. Her barista skills. I would consider doing it again. Maybe it's it's fun. Plus all the free coffee you could possibly want. Her love of the outdoors and nature. There's nothing like you know, lava flowing into the ocean. There's nothing like that. And her plans for retirement. We want to build a house. It'll be completely off-grid. We'll have to catch water from the sky, uh, power from the sun. All in this episode of The Microscopists. Hi, sure. and welcome to this episode of The Microscopists. Uh, I'm Peter O'Toole from University of York, and today I'm joined by Holly Aaron from the Cancer Research Lab at UC Berkeley. How are you today, Holly? I'm good, Peter. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, actually, I, I wanted to grab you before you retired, because I saw that email come up. I thought, oh, my goodness, no ways. So why are you retiring? Oh, that's a million dollar question. You're going to start there, huh? I didn't know it was a dark question. Yeah, go on. Why, why are you retiring? <laughs> um, I mean, I, wow. Um, I didn't think you'd start with the hardest question. Um, I guess it's, it's time. <laughs> um, you know, um, I've been doing this a long time and I've really enjoyed it and I've been very fortunate. Um, and I'm ready to try something new, do something different. So get what, outside my comfort zone. What is that something different? <clears throat> well, I don't know everything. Um, so a lot of it's up in the air. Um, one of the main things is uh, over 10 years ago now, my husband and I bought a piece of undeveloped property on the big island of Hawaii. And it's literally just lava and weeds and uh, nothing. And so uh, we want to build a house. It'll be completely off grid. Um, We'll have to catch water from the sky, uh, power from the sun, um, all of these things. So, um, you know, and we'll build build it ourselves. Um, So that's the that's the thing to kind of take me away from microscopy for a while that that's that sounds really scary to me because off grid also means off network well um, yeah so right exactly yeah. no that's terrifying right i mean there's cell service there um most of the time um but yeah i mean power power will be a major thing so batteries um are important solar panels will be big we'll probably have a generator um 
because I, I, I guess I came to know of you more through the internet and uh, the courses that you run and everything else uh, since I started my job at York and the, the Confocal Listserv. Uh, yep. so, you know, obviously, we get to know each other through that networking and then meetings afterwards. So actually, it's the internet. It's, every, it's so important and you're going off it. Well, not entirely and not... I mean, no, I'm not leaving the internet. I mean, I hope I'm looking for it. Have you been on vacations without the internet? It's fantastic. Why would you do that? <laughs> I couldn't do it. I'm sure I couldn't do it. No, it's it's literally the best thing ever to just, it, it's really, okay. Full disclosure, the first about day and a half is extremely difficult. Right. Because it's like, why are my devices not pinging or there's no no news? There's nothing. No one's calling. No one's texting. Is the world still out there? But, Peter, when you get really away, that's when your mind can relax and you can really I don't know. For me, I it, it feels wonderful and you can it, it takes a little time. It takes a little time. But yeah, maybe it wouldn't be. Great. Maybe I. Maybe the internet for me is an addiction because of work. And maybe if I wasn't, didn't have a job, then it wouldn't be such a big thing. It is what it is, those emails, wanting to keep on top of work all the time. Uh, so, yeah, I've had holidays where internet reception has been awful and you can only get it at five o'clock in the morning. But I'd be awake at five and just, just tapping through on the phone, just a few emails and then going for a run or something. Uh, but, yeah, so anyway, go back. So you started in your current position, I think, in 2001. That's correct. Yeah. What were you doing before that? Uh, before that, I was working in a core at Genentech. So, um, and I was there, uh, let's see, for not very long, uh, about a year and a half, um, when they, it was actually a really exciting time to be there um, because that's when they first went public. And so we had a big IPO party um, and their research building, there's only three research buildings at that point in time. So it's very small. Um, and uh, yeah, so I was there um, just briefly and then got sort of pulled back to Berkeley um, with the offer I couldn't refuse. <laughs> that makes sense. So, so running the big microscopy core no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the time it wasn't a big microscopy core. It wasn't, there wasn't anything. So um, yeah, uh, basically um, a couple uh, faculty had written a National Science Foundation grant for a uh, MRI major research instrumentation grant and uh, for a two photon microscope. And so um, they realized, I think at the time that they didn't really know two photon <laughs> and they should hire somebody to, to operate it. And so that was kind of the impetus of the core. And, um, it's interesting that they hired me because I knew zero about two photon at that point in time, but I knew confocal by then. So <laughs> It's just, it was a good stepping stone. Um, and I was already living near Berkeley. So it was, 
it wasn't a hard sell, let's just say, to come buy new equipment and start a start a facility, which I again I didn't really know everything that that meant, but um, I learned I learned along the way. So you started with one or two instruments. Yep. And yep. how many instruments now do you have in the core? I think it's seventeen or eighteen. So quite a big expansion. And I presume there was you at the start, you and you. You and yeah, yeah, me and myself and I. And how many staff now? Uh, so right now there's me and I have one full-time staff member, Feather Ives, and um, I have one 5% staff scientists and a couple undergraduates <clears throat> part-time. Okay. So it's a role that's grown, you've grown with the role and the role has grown with you, I presume. Yeah, yeah, that's fair to say. Is there anything you'd have changed or done differently? Uh, whew, that's an interesting question. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I probably would have advocated for more staff earlier um, and maybe more often. Um, I think you know, uh, thinking about leaving and about someone coming in, um, I would, so here's the thing. So um, I never really wanted to write grants and I avoided it for a very long time. <laughs> um, I helped with the grants and I, you know, help put them together and organize everything. But I, I, I didn't want to be the lead person. And I sort of found out why after writing <laughs> the, um, the instrumentation grants is they're a lot of work. Um, <laughs> and I sort of realized that I was right to not want to do that. But yet, in the end, it's something that is really important and it, it allows you to have the control that you that you might want to have. Um, so, you know, in many ways, I avoided that situation for years and years um, <laughs> and kind of, you know, kicked the can down the road. And then eventually it's like, OK, I got to start writing these grants myself. And um, I. I guess, you know, someone coming in might have to think about writing grants, not just for instruments, but for for personnel. And I feel like my background, that's not. So I don't have a PhD. I've never written a research grant before. Um, so I feel that, you know, for me to write that type of grant, it it's not going to go well. Okay, sure. My, my first instrumentation grant didn't go well either, to be honest. Um, so, um, you know, I could probably learn and I could probably do it, but um, I feel like someone coming in who's already got a PhD, who's used to writing research statements, um, who might, you know, I mean, basically this job is running a lab, right? So it's similar to a faculty type position, but some of the beauty is I don't have to write grants to, you know, have staff. So, <laughs> and I've enjoyed that part of it and it's been great. Um, but someone coming in might 
consider that uh, something that they might want to do that will really help the facility because I've, you know, I've been running into problems, you know, asking for more staff and I, you know, it keeps not happening. So it's like, okay, I need to take control, right? So when I can take control, that's different. Right now, I don't feel like that's something I want to do. Um, and, and it's a lot of responsibility. So you write a grant, you fund someone for three years, then what? When the grant runs out, what's your obligation? You know, what do you do with this, the staff? So I just, um, you know, that's a problem for the next person. <laughs> do you recharge for the staff time and instrument time? So it's building up a case of getting more recharge to cover that post, that grant period for that, that person. Yes, but the, re the reality is recharge doesn't cover all of even my salary and my full-time staff's salary. So, um, you know, we are partially covered by um, institutional funds. Yeah. <clears throat> Which I think most are. Uh, the vast majority certainly have a percentage because uh, science is always going to be unfunded work that comes in, you have to subsidize to an extent and that, that's where that subsidy can be very useful. So what got you interested in microscopy to start with? Um, what got me interested in microscopy? Uh, it was kind of an accident. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, a good accident. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, a great, like the best accident of my life, um, for sure. Um, I graduated from college with a degree in biomedical engineering. And at a time when that was not really an undergraduate degree. And my degree was um, combination biomedical and electrical engineering. I wanted to be a biomedical engineer. Uh, there were no jobs. I could have gotten a job as an electrical engineer designing circuits, but I didn't want to design circuits. So um, at the time, I went with my boyfriend to graduate school because that seemed like an okay thing to do and <laughs> uh, entered a master's program in biomedical engineering because surely that was going to improve the job market, right? Kick, kick the can down the road, basically. Um, and after that, I uh, couldn't, still couldn't find a job. So eventually, I somehow um, applied for a job in a neuroscience lab that was looking for uh, microscopy support and computer support. Two things that I really maybe was not, I didn't really know a lot about. Um, but I was, I was decent with computers, right? So I was like, okay. how, how hard can computer support you? I can solve your printer problem, no problem, right? <laughs> um, and microscopy, sure, I've looked through a microscope. How hard could that be? <laughs> um, so I applied for this job and I didn't get it. And <laughs> fine, I had applied for a lot of jobs that I didn't also didn't get. And so I started um, barista-ing at Starbucks. Oh, that's what one of my sons are doing at the moment. Oh yeah. Oh, I have to say, of I've had a lot of jobs. And of my sort of, you know, minimum wage or minimum skill jobs, that was one of my favorite jobs. 
I would I would consider doing it again. Maybe it's it's fun. Plus all the free coffee you could possibly want. You feel good at making a mean coffee? Oh yeah, yeah yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a skill they teach you. So they teach you, right? So um, anyway, the person that they did hire. Um, so this was uh, actually I didn't know who she was at the time, but a rather famous neuroscientist, Carla Schatz. And um, whoever they offered the job to didn't work out. I don't know if the person never came or just didn't work out. And so three months later, um, they gave me a call and said, hey, you still interested in this job? And I said, yes, I am. <laughs> and so I started and um, they, like Starbucks, <laughs> Um, trained me to do microscopy. So there were several postdocs in the lab who knew a lot of microscopy. I learned calcium imaging. Um, I learned, uh, you know, wide field microscopy, video imaging, we called it at the time, doing time lapse. Um, and we bought the first confocal microscope, I think, on the Berkeley campus because Carla had. HHMI funding, so Hard Hughes uh, Medical Institute funding. And so uh, one of the postdocs in her lab, uh, Tillman Brotz, he, uh, he knew confocal. And, um, you know, he basically taught me everything I know. And we demoed all these instruments and, you know, bought this beautiful uh, microscope. And then all the HHMI labs around got the same one because they knew we did our homework and tried them all out. And um, that was a really, I mean, I, I think I was hooked somewhere, somewhere along that pathway of seeing these things. So what year was that when you bought, bought that first microscope? That was 95, 96. So what, Mike, what confocal did you buy? Was it a Biorad? It was a Leica. Okay. TCS NT running, I think Windows NT, I think was what that NT was for. So that was that was old school, but it was an amazing instrument. Yeah. Um, when I came back to Berkeley, there was an old Biorad 2 photon, uh, MRC 600, I think. Oh, gosh, old. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I look. But it was very helpful for learning two photon because nothing was computer controlled. You had to go in with your hands and in and move the all the little pinholes and all the little gears and slide in the filters. And so, if anything wasn't working, you could trace the path. And I learned a lot by, by that. And was that attenuating the laser power with filters? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten about that because exactly that was that was how you did it. Right. It was very is a different world now. Now it's so easy. You just type in, you know, I want 13 percent laser and you're and you're done right in the computer. But back then, yeah, we everything was filters, attenuation, neutral density, all the things. So, yeah. So I learned a lot. Um uh, I, I owe a lot to Carla and the, the really amazing scientists in her lab. She sent me a load of photos. And I didn't find one photo of a microscope, I don't think. But oh, really? You did send one of your images 
which Come put on. it onto, I think, the Zeiss annual calendar. Yeah, yeah, we did a calendar contest um, for a few years. Um, back when when print calendars were still a thing, I guess, you know, when you'd write on your calendar. Um, but <laughs> yeah, um, that was uh, that was a fun time. I, I really I didn't send you any microscope pictures. Oh, well. I'm, I'm just checking through. I'm fairly <laughs> sure I'd have noticed if there was one there and I'm pretty sure I didn't see one. Hmm. No, none there. Can you believe it? All those photos and not one. Of a microscope. You, you did send me one though, of which I presume is your pet cat. One of my cats, yeah, yeah. So, so how many cats do you have then? If that's one oh, of them, just two, just two. For the record, I'm not a crazy cat lady yet. That's also one of my future goals, is to have more cats. <laughs> uh, on the island of Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yes, we have, you know, a few acres of land. So um, my husband always said, it, well, right now he says no more cats than people. So that's why we're limited to two. But once we have more space, then he says one cat per acre. Okay. Okay. I, 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 I guess the cats are policing it for you to some, to some degree. Well, maybe they'll keep the rat population down. Um, who's to say? <laughs> <coughs> so you also sent another picture, which is the opposite contrast to what I presume Hawaii is like. And, oh, and yes, that is, uh, that's our pickup truck buried under about five feet of snow in Tahoe. It's yeah. huge. That amount of snow is monstrous. I just love the way the wing mirror isn't touched, but the, the rest of the truck is just gone. Yeah, yeah, it, there is a uh, pickup truck under there. <laughs> it was very hard to, actually that day we did not go uh, snowboarding because we couldn't get out of the driveway and they hadn't plowed the road, so. Oh, sorry, I was, I was just a false picture. So this is your husband you were talking about. That That's you... my husband, yep. And That's us cooking, well, and drinking. <laughs> and I say I, I'm looking for the food, and there seems to be a lack of food, but there's definitely a drink there. So, what's yeah. your favorite tipple then? Um. Oh. Um. I mean, that actually, I don't know what I'm drinking there. That could be a gin martini of some nature. Um. But uh, we, you know, we we like a gin tonic. Um. I like any kind of fancy cocktails. Okay. And uh, this is the one I was looking for, though, which is you and snowboarding. So you do a lot of adventurous outdoor activities. Um, well, I, I love to be outdoors. Um, so, yeah, I love nature. I love being outdoors. Being um, So I snowboard, but I also want to learn how to surf. I'm hoping maybe there'll be some parallels there, but I'm not sure how much that will be true. I have to ask, how close is your the house you're going to build to the coast? Um, it, so we're up about 600 feet, I think, at the, at the bottom, 600 feet. Um, but it's a dirt road to get down to the ocean. It probably takes about 15 or 20 minutes. So not too far. Now that's by the mountains. 
Yeah, 15, 20 minutes by car, I presume. Yes, by car. Otherwise, that would be very steep uh, to, to get there otherwise. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. So talking about door activities uh, and some of your hobbies, if I can just find the correct picture for this. Uh, so the first one here is yourself. Uh, I, I'm not an expert in America, so where is this? Yeah, that is in Sedona. So that was uh, a trip we took, a road trip we took during the pandemic. Um, ended up, uh, actually we were planning to go through Bryce and Zion, but it was too cold. Um, so uh, we, we were renting a little uh, travel trailer and uh, the people we were renting it from did not want us to get below freezing. So we headed south instead and ended up in Sedona and did some hiking there. It was, it was chilly there too, but not too cold. Yeah. That the trailer? <laughs> yeah. That's travel trailer. <laughs> yep. That's in, uh, I think going through Yosemite. Which looks, looks very quirky. Uh, and actually probably explains this tent, which looks like it is absolutely freezing. So I presume this wasn't the same place because this, this looks absolutely freezing. Yeah, no, that was a backpacking trip. Um, that was uh, my best friend's 50th birthday. She wanted to go backpacking in um, Canyonlands in uh, Utah. And it was actually, it was funny because when we left, it was sunny and warm. And the night of her birthday, she woke up to snow and she was the happiest person in the world. She's like, I can't believe it's snow for my birthday. And she was so happy. Um, <laughs> I had never camped in the snow and it was, uh, you know, um, I've been on, I think less than five uh, backtrack packing trips anyway. So um, I was pretty uh, surprised <laughs> at the snow, but the snow was actually warmer than, um, than the night before because it had gotten cold yeah because the wind wind that comes with it and everything as well exactly uh, yeah yeah this other picture is, is good if i just move out of the way because what on <laughs> earth are you doing in where are you I, what are you doing in this picture i think that saying? i think that's also sedona me being silly so <laughs> um you know it's funny i i don't have a lot of photos of myself i'm usually the one snapping the pictures with my camera but um if there's an opportunity to do a silly pose i i just i can't usually resist the urge um which looks which actually you are incredibly flexible as this picture shows <laughs> that's from yoga yoga is is good for flexibility <laughs> and occasionally strength so I, i'm going to ask you i presume yoga is a very good way to relax at the end of a day or after a stressful time. When has been the most challenging time uh, that you've found in your career? Um, whew, in my career? Uh, I mean, there's been ups and downs. There's been a lot of challenging times, a lot of, um, a lot of stressful times. Um, certainly, um, you know, uh, people can get very emotional about their research, which is good. They're invested. Um, and one thing I will swear is always the case that the biology is very hard and it never, the biology is never going well. And all this time the microscope's working fine. As soon as the biology is perfect, 
it's 100% guaranteed that the microscope will not work. So, you know, for me, I, I'm um, rather empathic. And so when people are upset, I, I feel this. And they will, you know, they're upset because they've worked really, really hard and suddenly the stupid microscope is broken and they're angry. They're angry at the microscope. They're angry at me. They're angry at, you know, everyone else. And, you know, maybe they have to get on a different microscope that they don't know as well, but somebody else is overstayed their time 20 minutes. And so, you know, there can just be, you know, emotions and feelings and um, frustrations and having to deal with that, uh, you know, that's when I'm like, okay, um, <laughs> we're going to get through this. No one's going to die. It's just a microscope. They break, they will get fixed. We will make it better. Um, so definitely um, those are times. I, <laughs> I quite like the irony that this perfect sample that they have and your microscope's broken and then you can get it on another microscope and then they probably realize actually it wasn't the perfect sample to start with. <laughs> it's, it's true, they don't know it's perfect. They always assume it's gonna be perfect until they get it on. Do you have you had much, have you been shouted at much when things have gone wrong? Um, not really, no, no. It's just their own personal stress. They're cross, they're angry at the situation. They're not cross with anyone in, in particular. No, it, it, there's probably been, it, it's usually people fighting about the time on a microscope. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting enough time. Someone togging it. They signed up for four days this week, all day, you know. Um, so, you know, I don't know that I've been yelled at so much, <laughs> but... <laughs> you know yelled in the vicinity of <laughs> yeah so so which is interesting because actually what you're also highlighting is you're not just a microscopist there's also a lot of management skills and uh, sort of hr type skills in working with a wide user base as well so did you ever get any formal coaching or is that something you learn on the job um, such a good question. <laughs> no formal training. Um, I mean, this is something like all faculty should have is like management training skills or anyone in, in a core facility, right? Management training skills. Um, I, I mean, literally the job is half technical and half people skills. It's easily, and maybe even a little more than half people skills because I mean, people, it's dealing both with your staff, it's dealing with um, vendors, it's dealing with technicians, it's dealing with building facility people, faculty, students, all your users. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of, um, I wouldn't call them soft skills, but people, people skills. So it's interesting thinking about that diversity of the role. And I know you from many of your activities, especially in the, the teaching side of things as well, and the courses that you've run and contributed with. Uh, I think I have one of the pictures here, which is, I, I guess, a group photo back in 2001. 
Yep, that would have been, I think, the second time I attended that course <laughs> um, as a student. And then um, and the first time. Was, yep, and that was my course that I ran in, I think that was 2003 was the first time we ran a course. So, um, which I was kind of modeling after the uh, Jim Polly course in Vancouver, where it where, like I said, I went twice. Um, <laughs> and then they've invited me back to be on the faculty, which was nice um, because I was a slow learner, but once I learned it, then I was okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that was our first course. I think there was, um, I don't know, less than 30 people. Um, that was uh, the advanced, what became the advanced imaging methods workshop, which um, will be virtual in 2022, but um, our last one was 20, I guess, 2020. We did it right before the shutdown. Um, we had about 250 people in Berkeley, so it kind of ballooned into a, a fairly large event. Um, and yeah, that's another exactly people skills you have to work with uh, venues, vendors. We brought in food. I mean, that was kind of fun because we got to you know in some ways do what we wanted to do make the event what we wanted to event to make it we could invite who we wanted to invite um and um and really like yeah i it, you know i i enjoy organizing that meeting um and hopefully providing a service to people you know, uh, we started it because we had instrumentation that we really weren't getting enough use on and really didn't know all the things that we could do with it. And so um, the at the time, Wolfgang Becker, um, whose system we had, uh, was out um, visiting and he would come every year and kind of tweak up our system and get it running top notch. And, you know, I said to him, you know, we really don't know enough about how to use this lifetime technology. And, you know, we, you know, we, we're, we're doing pretty good with Confocal, two photon, people, people kind of understand that, but we're not, we're not really getting this other dimension. And so he was like, would you consider having an event? And I was like, yeah, we wanted to have some sort of workshop. You know, I'm just not really sure how to do it. He's like, I will give you $10,000 to organize one. And I said, that's exactly how much money I need to do it. <laughs> not knowing anything. No. <laughs> um, so, you know, that was, that was the start of it. And it's just kind of grown since then and we've added you know so many more facets to it and this year actually i'm pretty excited if i can get a plug-in if i don't know if this will show will run before aim on january 18th or 20th 2022 but if it does <laughs> um i'll have to tell people to come because we're really going to focus on tutorials this year um and like more hands-on and demos from both our sponsors and vendors, as well as from experts in the field. So software, there's going to be software demos so you can follow along and learn uh, Napari and Fiji and um, oh, and there's going to be a great uh, tie in to the nature methods focus on uh, the quality of reproducibility that just came out in December. We're having a whole session on that. So anyway, there's going to be like a lot. We're 
because we're zoomed out and a virtual nobody wants more zoom more virtual meetings and so we're going to have a little bit of that aim high-end exciting science talks but we're also going to intersperse it with a lot more for uh people beginning or people really wanting to like put the edge on their you know their science make it good make it reproducible publishable and all of those things so that's what we're going to do this last time good plug when you retire are you going to come back and carry on teaching um you know that is one thing i've thought about um as maybe a sort of post-career stay in the game i mean i, I gotta say it's hard to give up microscopy i i love it i love the community i love um i love the technology i love all the different types of science that it touches it's really opened my eyes to so many different things i just you know i i don't want to give that up i just want to take a break <clears throat> could you set one up in hawaii and can i help teach on it please yes and yes uh, okay i'm writing this down this is my next idea <laughs> hawaiian microscopy conference yes i think yes. you've got to have a proper you're away from everything just well, yeah that's so that's like an advantage of these of these um you know again in-person uh focus workshops where people are together and that that's where a lot of collaborations happen and people meet each other and ideas spark and things happen and you know it it's that's exciting to see and yeah if you could sequester where there's hardly any internet <laughs> then we have to talk to each other <laughs> so thinking of teaching the importance of teaching uh you sent me some pictures of you as a child yes <laughs> uh, i've only got one or two of these but this one probably you're half missing <laughs> space station space station yeah 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 so when you were young, what did you want to be? Um, well, let's see, at that age, maybe an astronaut. That was pretty young. Um, yeah. So you wanted to be an astronaut. So what in who or what inspired you to go into science? I, I know I know astronaut science, as in for the life sciences and micro. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, so the the other photo you showed um, me with the uh, butterfly net and my my dad, um, <clears throat> my my father was actually a, a biology teacher, science teacher for junior high, um, before he gave that up to get a job that paid money to raise a family, um, <laughs> and I had. Uh, a uh, really big butterfly collection, actually butterflies and um, insects. So I had a bunch of beetles and all sorts of weird bugs, and I pinned them all into a into boxes and labeled them. And I was pretty like intently nerdy about it. And um, you know, we would go camping. So we lived in Michigan in the Upper Peninsula, and there's not a lot going on there, but they, there's a great outdoors. So that was, you know, my inspiration for being outdoors. I love to be outdoors in nature and just looking at things. There's so much to see. Um, and if you just look and so, you know, we would, you know, catch butterflies and um, 
one time I had this idea that if I got enough fireflies in a jar, I could make a lantern out of it. Of course, it didn't quite work out that way. Little um, programs always show that. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> they're really not that bright, and they and also they signal they you know it's like their sex thing, right? They're they're flying around or they're on the ground flashing the ones flying around or vice versa. I don't know. Um, but anyway, it's like, wow, it's just so there's so many fascinating things. So I think from a very young age, I was um, destined to um, go into science. So who else has been maybe the biggest inspiration on your professional career since then? Oh, biggest inspiration. Um, wow. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I would say. Um, there's been a lot of people who've been inspirational to me um, through through the years. I mean, um, you know, Carla Schatz, when I worked in her lab and, um, you know, her post, I worked closely with Marla Feller, who's now a faculty at Berkeley as well. Um, they were both very inspirational um, just in terms of um, how bright and thoughtful they were about about things. Um, that's certainly the case. Um, in microscopy, I mean, um, there's a lot of people that I really look up to, like um, Allison North has always been yeah. kind of one of my heroes. Claire Brown is another one. Um, there's some younger people now too that um, I don't, you know, I don't know if that's fair to say I draw inspiration, but like uh, Yuri yeah. Manor down at Salk. Um, you know, um, they're just doing all these like really cool, amazing things. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> it's, it's just such a great time to be in microscopy. Um, so yeah, I, I draw inspiration from Out of all the microscopes you've had, which has been your favorite? Do you have a favorite? I do. I do. You're not supposed to have favorites with your children. Um, but, um, I really enjoy the light sheet um, because it's like super fast confocal, you know, it's just when it works well, it's just, it's beautiful. It's seamless. Um, I, I, it, that's probably my favorite. It's not a bad choice. <laughs> uh, so some quick fire questions. You got any bad habits? <laughs> um a lot <laughs> oh go on <laughs> well I don't know earlier you asked me about my drinking that's definitely not a good habit okay um how often, uh, on, how often do you drink um often often Is that once a week twice a week five times a week yes all of those <laughs> Okay, okay. Carry on with your bad habits. We'll come back to that. <laughs> um, other bad habits? Um, let's see. I don't know. Um, that's probably the worst habit. Um, yeah, but we all share that with you. Okay. So it's, it's, it's just not different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bet 50% of the listeners and viewers are, are thinking, yeah, we're yeah. with you on that one. Yeah, yeah. And then 50% of those are thinking, is that a bad habit? 
<laughs> no. I didn't know that was a bad habit. Yeah, no. Probably oh, not a anyway. good habit. Yeah, it's a good idea to, to drink to that bad habit. <laughs> well, for me, it's still morning, Peter. This is water. <laughs> <laughs> I promise it's water. Okay. <laughs> okay. Beer or wine? Sorry? Beer or wine? Beer or wine? Oh, um, ooh, tough call. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, please. I'm <laughs> both. <laughs> if, if I had to pick, I, I, I'm leaning wine these days, but it could go back the other way. <laughs> red or white? Uh, red. Ah, much better choice. I can with that. Uh, tea or coffee? Oh, coffee. Ah, so you do drink soft stuff still. So I just, just check okay. it. Well, there's, there's the caffeine, there's the up and there's the down, right? There's caffeine for up, alcohol for down. That's a uh, combination can work quite well. See, espresso martinis. <laughs> hmm. All right. I'll try that. I'm writing this down. Conference in Hawaii and espresso martinis. Tell me you've had an espresso martini. I don't think so. No. Oh, my giddy aunt. Straight after this. I'll, I'll, oh, my. Oh, you'll love it. I promise. OK, I'll try it. Yeah. So that'd probably be my advice at the end of the night. OK, might, that might confuse me because it's like, am I going up or down, up or down? Yeah, I, I use a decaf for the coffee bit part of it. But there you are. Ah. Moving on very swiftly. That's all right. What's, uh, what's your favourite food? Uh, favourite food? I love all foods. So, there's no, so the next week, what don't you like? And you, there's nothing you don't like. Mm, I mean, there's things I'm not super big fan of. Go on. But, um, well, um, you know, it's more probably more tech, like weird texture stuff. Um, but I, I, I like, I, I eat all the foods. They're all delicious. Um, I like Thai food. I like Indian food. I like pizza. Um, <laughs> pizza. What's your toppings? What's your favorite topping on a pizza? Oh, you know, I'm kind of like a weird California girl. So I might like lean towards, you know, barbecued chicken or something with vegetables or avocado. Um, I'm, I'm definitely... A, a, but I also, I will not shun a pepperoni pizza. Again, I like all the foods, all the foods. You're very easily pleased, aren't you? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Who, who cooks at home? Uh, my husband. Okay, so, so you sent this picture, are these bought or? No, no, these, these are actually from a conference we had and they were so pretty, I just loved them. <laughs> lemon meringues or? Yeah, little baby lemon meringues. Individual, beautiful, right? <laughs> and, 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 yeah, and, and would taste quite good as well. So your husband cooks. So does that mean you're a dreadful cook, or just don't um, have to cook? No, no, I'm I I'm uh, the sous chef. I'm the sous chef. So um, I'm good at chopping, and he's more inspirational. I can follow a recipe, but um, you know he cooks and I eat. So we have like a really great relationship. And is that in real time that you eat as you're going along? Sometimes. I mean, you, you need to taste. 
Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. <laughs> okay, so uh, book or TV? Oh, uh, book. That's good because you're going to have no TV reception where you're going. Back to <laughs> fiction. True. Uh, fiction. Okay, what type of fiction do you like? Uh, sci-fi or um, weird, weird stuff. Sometimes okay. some fantasy. Okay. Star Wars or Star Trek, if you're into sci-fi. Ooh, um, wow, both. That's a that's a that's a tough call. Both. Uh, are you gonna make me pick? Okay, um, okay. If you can see behind me, I'm uh, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to go Star Wars. Star Wars. Is that CP3 in the back? Is that CP? That's C3PO and R2D2. Yeah, yeah. And, and oh, and I have the. Ah, oh, yes. Princess Leia Pez. Very important. That's a, yes. <laughs> so, so there was never a competition there. It was always Star Wars. Uh, favorite movie? Uh, well, may, I mean, maybe Star Wars. I, um... It was such a daft question once I asked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um... Uh, I, 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 I meant to have asked this all the time. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Because I think this can be quite revealing about a person's character. Ooh, favorite Christmas movie? Ooh, um, maybe The Grinch. Ooh, okay. Different one. Haven't had that one before. That's cool. <laughs> um, what music do you like listening to? Oh, um, I like all sorts of music, but I'm probably, you know, lean towards 80s. 80s pop type music? Yeah, 80s pop, yeah, yeah. Or maybe a little bit 90s, you know, what do they call, you know, the sort of angry woman music. Okay. <laughs> Avril Lavigne type stuff? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's that era. Yeah. And I, 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 early bird or night owl? Night owl. And... If you could meet anyone, who would you meet? Anyone live or dead? Yeah, go on, make it live or dead. <laughs> live or dead? I oh could have God. one of each. Oh, I could have a live person and a dead person? Yeah, why not at the same time? Go for it. Ooh, um, Barack Obama and uh, Maria Geppert-Meyer. I'm glad you said so, because I thought if you choose two live people, I'm going to ask who's died that I didn't know about. Oh, <laughs> so who's the second person excuse my ignorance uh oh maria gepper she's the um woman who uh um in her phd thesis uh predicted two photon excitation <clears throat> wow. and the, the geppert meyer is named after her and she's i think one of the first women or one of the few women physicists who's won a Nobel Prize. So, yes, well, now I am enlightened, not just on two-photon work. So you also sent me some other pictures, so... Oh, yeah. Whalebones? Whalebones, yeah, yeah. That was in um, Ukiavik at... So the furthest... Actually, that's right at the furthest northern point in the United States. So in Hawaii, on the big island, 
Um, we've been to the furthest southern place in the United States. But this uh, was a trip to, to go the opposite direction to Alaska. And oh my God, <sighs> okay, this, this, this small town, um, it was formerly named Barrows, but they, they renamed it to um, uh, Ukiavik for the, the native people there. It, there. There's no roads, you have to fly in. You can't drive there. And to walk out to where we were, it's a big sandbar to get to this furthest northern point. And we're walking out there and it's a beautiful day. And people are driving in like little SUVs or some, some of them in pickup trucks even um, are driving on these sandbars and they all stop and they see us walking out here and they all ask us, do you have a gun? And of course we'd flown in and you can't really fly with firearms. And anyway, we didn't have a gun. And so we're like, no, no. And they're like, oh, well, you know, there are polar bears. So um, we're walking and starting to get a little bit freaked out. The more people that we pass by who are like, you don't have a shotgun? Well, do you have a handgun? Do you have a gun of any nature? And so we're pretty freaked out. Um, finally, um, we get out to the end and there's um, a couple and they're pulling their kids in a, in a little trailer and they tell us to come and, and uh, get uh, hot dogs with them. And they sure enough, they set up a little fire and they're roasting hot dogs. So we sit down with them and we have hot dogs and you know, they're like, oh no, you know, we, they had driven all the way out and around and realized that there were no, um, no polar bears there, you know, but that they can come out of the water is what they tell us and that they'd seen one earlier that week. And so anyway, they were like, it's a, you know, you'll probably be okay. There's none right now, but you know, um, next time you come, you should get a gun. <laughs> uh, you know. that, that's nuts. It's not, I was really, because the, the other thing they said is you can't see them in the water because they, they only their little nostrils stick up. And so they can come out of the water and they'll be really, really hungry when they come out of the water. <laughs> well, yeah. what happened to the whale, isn't it? There's no warning yeah. sign there. Well, no, the, that whale might've been washed ashore, but they, they also, they bring all sorts of whale bones and stuff out onto this point to draw the polar bears away from the town because otherwise they'll go through the town and go through the dumpsters and go after people. And you sent me a picture of this lava flow into the sea? Yes, so that was on the big island. That was uh, a really fun uh, boat tour that we took with my parents when they uh, were visiting. And um, yeah, seeing like newly formed land was, was a pretty exciting time. Yeah, that was a fun trip. They, um, the boat got so ridiculously close. They put in a bucket of water into the into the ocean and pulled it out and you stuck your hand in the bucket and it was like spa water. It was so warm. And I was like, ooh, that's another time. A little bit scary. Like, should we be this close to the lava? <laughs> it's unpredictable. Yeah, so, so you're camping in freezing conditions. Yep. You are doing funny maneuvers on the edge of cliffs. You uh, go go to where polar bears will come out and eat you alive and you're not at all risk averse no 
No, I'm really, I'm really risk averse. I'm like really, yeah. Uh, uh, safety is very important. Do you just find, do you just find yourselves in these places out of naivety then? It, it just sounds nuts to me. <laughs> well, no, it's fun. It's exciting. It's, it's beautiful. There's, there's nothing like, you know, lava flowing into the ocean. There's nothing like that. So you also sent this photo, which, which is not a microscope image. Uh, no, it's not. But, but it look, make, makes me look like I've got a fantastic, fun green hairdo if I sit in the middle of this. There you go. Yeah, that looks cool. Uh, so it's, a, it's a beautiful photograph, though. Yeah. So it's, a, um, it's just a plant uh, that was uh, from, from the backpacking trip in Utah. And and back back to the microscopy side, you sent me one of the most horrific. Oh, see, I did send a microscope picture. You did well. It's it's it, it, so. This is the inside. It's the filter inside a microscope. Oh my god! What happened? Isn't that horrifying? <laughs> yes, that's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the condenser. <laughs> from one of my microscopes um for some reason it wasn't it wasn't turning and um we took it apart and that's what it looked like inside a lot of um uh salty water had leaked in and just pretty much destroyed it but um it got cleaned up and it, and it worked again so Ooh, thinking of salty water yeah and you love your multi-photons uh, yes we had someone doing time-lapse on our multi-photon peristaltic pump mm -hmm. that wasn't pumping the media it's culture media wasn't pumping it into the dish but was pumping it onto the microscope invert multi-photon and it went down lenses below the lenses the works and then they never told us about it is the thing that drives me crazy. Just tell me, this is what I tell all my users. Just if you've done something terribly stupid or wrong, please come and just tell me, right? Tell me sooner because you know what? You can clean that up a lot easier. Quick. If you just leave it, it's going to rust. It's uh, going to rust, yeah, rust sticky. And then when the, when the condenser doesn't do it, the filter turret didn't move, but why is it not moving? Why is it not moving? <laughs> and we've had it. Fortunately, uh, dice were really great. And then they sent an engineer down and they took it apart and goes, oh my goodness, what's happened here? I was, oh, we have no idea. And then we heard rumors of who'd done this. Mm. So we went and found the culprit. And we, one thing we didn't do was shout at them. We actually said, look, this has happened. It's fixed. We're getting it fixed. Just next time, just tell us. It's be a lot easier to fix. And we yes. wanted to make a point of not being cross with them. Really to show that actually it's not about that. It's just about tell us, you know, we're not cross yeah. now that you didn't tell us. Just tell us and make sure everyone knows. And we've used that story and that person has never lived that down. Because <laughs> like, they went off, they came back and yeah, they, they're still the person who uh, perfused the microscope. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, 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 a, it's, a, good, it's a good lesson. And I, I will... You know, there was one time someone, they did the right thing. They came to me and told me what they had done. And what they had done was they, they had a, a metal dish, a heater, warmer, and they'd moved the objective 
it was upright <clears throat> to the side so they could, you know, relocate their little tissue in the middle. And then they hadn't moved it back into position when they went to focus. And so the objective hit the side of the dish and, and felt resistance when they're focusing, but kept focusing until he heard a crack. <laughs> and then it dawned on him to look, instead of looking through the, the eyepieces, to look down at what he had, he had done. And I, I really had to hold it together because I didn't yell at him, uh, but I did. I said, thank you very much for letting me know. Now, I, I really need you to leave now. <laughs> I was just like, okay, hold it together. <laughs> he did the right thing. He told me, he told me right away, we'll get it fixed. It was just the front lens that was cracked. We you know, sent it in for repair. Oh, but, oh so it know, wasn't the dish that cracked. It was the lens that cracked. It was the, the lens, the front lens cracked. Oh, Ceramic my tipped objective. Yes, so yeah. it, it kind of, it, I mean, he really had to crank on it. That was, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. And that, and that is worth what? 6,000, 8,000 oh, dollars. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they repair it for a lot less than original cost. I think it was like to 2200 to repair it so it, it was at it was a cost and then you know then we were without that objective for a while which was you know really the worst part both for him and for any of the other users who needed that objective so you know I, I anyway uh but no i i i've never yelled at anyone I, i've made a lot of mistakes myself you know i mean i'll be the first to admit Yes, I have left the lamp on overnight. You know, sometimes we forget. We try to make it easy for you to remember, but you know, just, you know, I, yeah, I don't, there's no point in yelling, that doesn't help. <laughs> we are coming up to the hour already, <laughs> which is nuts. And you sent me this, which says, look for truth. Uh, there's a really quirky <laughs> truth. Where do you see the future of microscopy going? Ooh, um, wow, that's a good question. I mean, um, future is very bright, I think, for microscopy, right? So, um, <laughs> pun, pun. Yeah, I, I was already there. Pun semi-intended, but it. on it's... On the same wavelength, Polly, on the same wavelength. On the same wavelength, yeah. Um, I mean, with everything coming, uh, you know, bigger, faster, more, um, you know, right now, our biggest hurdles are really on the data handling and analysis side, right? Because this, the amount of data we're already getting with, you know, light sheet, lattice light sheet, single molecule, um, you know, I think there's going to be more, more convergence between technologies. So from electron to light microscopy from MRI to light and, you know, across these ranges, I think there's going to be more, that's, that's what I think probably. More, more correlative and more correlative and, and that through the analysis as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, we really need more help on the, on the data handling side, in my opinion. And, and you're right. And I think that's a, a really good message actually to end on is if you're considering a career into microscopy, 
there's a lot of opportunity. Absolutely. It's a massively growing market still. You know, I like every now and then I thought it's plateauing and it takes off again. And with the analysis and that correlation to other technologies, the other omics as well. Yep. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot in this area still. So it's a a great, great career to be starting out in. So you're, yeah. you're, you're retiring from it, but actually for anyone coming in, it is the perfect time to be coming in because there's so much opening up. I would Absolutely. say it's harder because the diversity is increasing so much compared to what we had. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, there's so, there's so much, there's so much out there. You're absolutely right. I love, I love the thought of like, yeah, where it's going to go. It's, it's a great time to come into microscopy and there's lots of jobs. And not just in academia, also in biotech, it's big everywhere. So Holly, on that note, thank you very much for joining me today. And everyone who's watched or listened, please remember to subscribe to whichever your favorite channel is. And thank, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And Holly, enjoy your retirement. Thanks, I will. It'll be a duller place without you lighting it up. Thanks, Pete. Thank you for listening to The Microscopists, a bite-sized bio podcast sponsored by Zeiss Microscopy. To view all audio and video recordings from this series, please visit bitesizebio.com forward slash the microscopists.